everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Right, okay, I think, I think we are live now and you've just started with just fuck off. Telling people to fuck off. Remember when I had James Smith on my podcast and I was like, what would you say is the most offensive thing you've ever said to a client? He was like, oh, I sent them all an email this morning telling them to fuck off. I was like, why? He was like, just felt like it. I was like, cool. Don't worry, guys. We're probably not going to do that. Definitely not. Uh, we didn't tell you guys we were going live because we... Surprise! Surprise! Um, surprise! Um, but obviously, if you are watching live, feel free to ask it on here as well. Um, and yeah, let's get started. Okay, from Charlotte. Probably been covered, but do we weigh slash measure weekly? I know something was measured about data being entered before Sunday's live. Um, we. I actually don't know if it's if we've actually written this anywhere. I'm pretty sure we have. I'm pretty sure it's on the frequently asked questions on the EC method website. Um, we want you guys weighing in every day, first thing in the morning with nothing in your system, ideally naked. Um, and then every week we want you to take your lowest weekly weight. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I'm about three years old. Um, that's why. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you had naked and laughed. Um, and then take your lowest weekly weight and that is your weight for that week. Um, and listen, for some of you, well, for most of you, this will alleviate all of the fear and stress you have around the scales because it will show you how much your weight will fluctuate day to day. For some of you, a small minority, this will actually exacerbate any issues you have with the scales. And if you find this is happening to you and you're into week two, stop doing it. And we'll just take a, what would you say, um, maybe once every, on a Monday morning, again, fasted, once every three or four weeks, one way in. Yeah, I mean, it depends how big your weekend is because, like, you can mask a whole week's fat loss on the scales with if you weigh in on a Monday yeah. because you've had saltier foods on the weekend, even if you stuck to your calories for that week. That's why we like you yeah. to weigh every day, just so it opens your eyes to the fact that these fluctuations will happen and they're completely inevitable. So do bear that in mind. And just you just have to be realistic that you're looking at trends over time. And when we say time, we're talking, like, you know, weeks and weeks, not days. That, that's why the date yeah. doesn't really matter but we want you to take your lowest weight from the week and if you can weigh every day that gives us a much better or it makes the scales more accurate despite the fact they're still very inaccurate but at least it helps us a little bit yeah. so if you can do that do it as Chloe's saying if it completely ruins your day then obviously don't do it yeah agreed um we're definitely in the right group aren't we <laughs> Yeah, we are. Okay, thank God. Right, okay, next question, Frankie. Thank you for answering my question about sleep. I loved Chloe's answer about the shit marriage. (laughs) Um, All okay, but I definitely have a stressful situation at the moment, which I thought was fine, so maybe that's it. I feel like I'm coping pretty well, though, and remain as positive as possible. The room isn't too hot or too cold. I'm comfortable, etc. When I wake, I try not to get stressed about being awake. That's good. Um, but I do sometimes make a herbal tea and just cross my fingers that I'll drop back off. 
I'll try that 5-HTP thing and see if that helps. Also, thank you for everything so far. You guys are fab. I love the podcast, which I always listen to when I don't sleep well. If you're listening to this Aww. and you're currently not sleeping, try and drift off. Yeah. <laughs> Should we whisper? That was very good. Should we whisper for the rest yeah. of the podcast? I mean, for me, that would be like a, a, a kind of quieter shout. <laughs> Okay, so like, do we need to add um, anything to that? I, I, I mean, that all sounds good. One thing I've heard that um, I've done in the past when I can't sleep is, I think the the I think they said twenty minutes, but it's like if you can't sleep for twenty minutes, get up and do something so that you're not like thinking about your bed as a place to be awake. And I think having yes. your bed oh, yeah. is just a place to sleep. Like certainly, don't start working in the morning on your bed and like you know just make sure it's bed is sleep and then you associate your bed with sleep and if you can't sleep get up do something and go back to bed yeah yeah that's one of the one of the biggest sleep um kind of pieces of advice is as soon as you get as soon as you're awake and you realize that you're not going back to sleep get up and get out because you need to associate the bed with sleep I think it sounds to me like you've got a bit of a stressful situation happening, whatever that might be. And that can that can play a huge role in, I mean, a, a lot of stuff. I don't want to say anything, but there's a study that James read uh, the other day about kind of emotional stress or like going through kind of something in your personal life and um, and kind of and strength being affected by it. So I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to get him to show me where he's read this and then we can talk about it on another podcast. But it will be affecting a lot more than just your sleep. And it's so important at a time like this a lot of my clients on you know my one-to-one uh, coaching stuff are, are basically it's awful they're just saying to me like I'm I'm, I'm fucked like I'm frazzled I'm, I'm parenting from home I'm homeschooling I'm working I'm you know married I've got three kids I've got a dog like I'm 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 really struggling and I'm just at pains to say to all these people and there's a few on the EC method listen I get it when all of this builds up and you get really really stressed and frazzled and you basically start to fall apart because I'm of this type too you actually have to really stop take a breath and say to yourself I am only one person I can only do so much at any one time and that is okay it is okay to say to yourself actually I'm going to take a time out for an hour and I'm going to stop working and I'm just going to go do whatever the fuck I want for an hour it's necessary you guys have to take this take a breath and forgive yourself for not being able to do 17,000 things in one single day it's okay and you're only making it harder for yourself by basically being your own whipping post and stop doing it okay forgive yourself that was excellent. I completely agree. And I do think like reading this post, I'm like, okay, so she's, she is going through something, but she's staying positive. And because I do the same, like I'm like, I'll just stay positive and really busy. And then it's nighttime when you actually like all your thoughts and feelings sort of creep up on you. And that, then you realize maybe I am a little bit stressed about this thing. So I would suggest, yeah. and I know that some people like, I just struggle so much with this, but like something like journaling, just to get your thoughts out. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like, you know and a real diary of like what you did today and really deep into how you're feeling like some days it might be and some days it might just be like two sentences but getting your thoughts out yeah. before you sleep I think is a really important thing so do try those things and give yourself a bit of a break Great. okay next question if you've been on very low calories for years upon years say 
aged 20 to now aged 50. How does this affect you now in later life in terms of your metabolism? As I've just started eating the right amount from starting Christmas accountability. So basically she's been on really low calories for years. When she started with us, we increased her calories. Like what effect will that have had on her metabolism being that low for such a long time? So you, you will have had metabolic adaptation occur 100%. Um, now it is reversible largely. I'm not going to go as far as to say like you can undo all of it because I do think, and I, I think this applies to me too, that once you've done it either that many times or for that long, I, I personally think I have to diet on lower calories now than I probably wouldn't have had to if I'd have done it properly right from day one. However, that kind of that un, un kind of chlorobackable amount will be really, really minute, right? So don't panic about that. The vast majority of the metabolic adaptation that will have occurred, you will be able to claw back. And and Emma and I will be doing this with you, um, ideally by increasing your calories, which will increase your need, which will increase your uh, exercise activity thermogenesis which will um, hopefully, again, if, we, if you're doing the kind of workouts that we're programming for you, uh, you'll be gaining muscle mass, which will be increasing your BMR, RMR, whatever. Um, and, and so we're absolutely going to get you to a place where we can undo all that damage, not all, but the vast majority of that damage. Um, and that's kind of where we want to get you. I will say that if, if this is you, I would really like you to diet on higher calories for a period if you want to do with a real view to move into maintenance and then ideally, and this is completely your choice, and then ideally hypertrophy, because uh, that'll that'll really fix any issues that, that you've had. Emma? I agree 100%. I actually was asked a very similar question yesterday, so I have the stats on this. So as Chloe's saying, that there are metabolic adaptations. And what's really interesting is these can be freaking massive, but they're usually in terms of neat. So when you add up like the slight adaptation of your resting metabolic rate and your neat like um, activity compensation, it can be over 500 calories a day, right? Which would completely negate a deficit, yeah. which again comes back to, we always talk about this. Yeah. Why just using a calorie calculator and then not monitoring and adapting from there will never work. Like you can have the quote unquote best calorie cal calculator in the world still doesn't take into account all of these factors. So this, this study I was looking at was yeah. really interesting. It takes, it kind of shows that, um, well, it does show that if you have like, say two people, like say Chloe and I weigh exactly the same weight and the same, like everything about us is exactly the same and we both weigh say 70 kilograms. If we put our data into a calorie calculator, we will obviously get the same number spitting out. Like you need to be on X amount of calories to lose body fat um, or to be in a deficit or this is your maintenance calories. However, well, let's say this is your maintenance calories. However, if I had dieted down from 100 kilograms to 70 uh, kilograms, my resting metabolic rate would be lower than Chloe's. So I actually have lower maintenance needs, despite the fact everything else about us is exactly the same, like even the same body composition. So that's quite interesting. But this might sound like doom and gloom, like, oh my God, I've ruined my metabolism. I have this metabolic damage, blah, blah, blah. And it, by the way, it's not damage, it's adaptation. Like it, it's because you have become more yeah. efficient at using calories. The magnitude of this effect, which is what everyone forgets about, they're like, oh my God, that sounds awful. I'm just going to catastrophize. That's why I can never lose weight. No, let's look at the magnitude of this effect. So 
and th this was looking at quite overweight people so this is probably an even smaller amount for you 79 to 139 calories a day it's not exactly. like ugh, it's not massive i mean that's what a couple like a thousand extra steps a couple of thousand extra steps yeah it, it's not a huge thing and we can absolutely work around it so don't think that it's the reason you're not losing weight but yes it does happen and there isn't like yeah. chloe's already mentioned everything you can do about it so you can build lean more lean body mass and really when you break down what makes up your resting metabolic rate the only thing that you actually have any control over is your lean body mass amount so anything else like yeah. even when you look at all the factors like okay so aging reduces your resting metabolic rate yeah only if you lose lean body mass like they're all attributed to back to lean body mass like men have a higher resting metabolic rate yes because they have more lean tissue than women do at the same given weight like 99 percent of the time so just remember like those are the things you can control and i think people get a little bit like oh there's nothing i could do about this because i can't control my resting metabolic rate like yeah you can't there's a lot of it you, you can't control like it's the function of your organs basically but one of your organs yeah. could be seen as lean tissue as in muscle mass that's the only one you can really affect so let's see if we can yeah, build you some exactly. muscle mass exactly if you look at all the four elements that make up metabolism every single one of them you can manipulate in your favor every single one and emma's right people be like well you could not bmr well, yes, you can. If you add muscle, that's it. You've done it. It's the, really the only way to do it, but that's it. Every single one of them, including the thermic effect of food, food choices, you know, how much you get up and move, how hard you work in the gym and how much muscle you have. It's all in your control. So it's never anything to panic over. Excellent. Okay, next question. What would you advise as the optimum amount of days to train per week? Is five better or six if the goal is fat loss? If the goal is fat loss, I'm happy for you guys to be training six days a week. Just do take into account what we said yesterday about training the same muscle groups back to back. And maybe instead of maybe on that kind of fourth day, so you do an, an uh, three, let's say you do three workout days and then you have a rest day. I, I would say definitely hit your steps, but that applies to all of you. But maybe just do some like really gentle cardio for half an hour for recovery. I mean, that I would still class that as a workout but you're still allowing for recovery. But yes, I'm happy for you to do that in fat loss. If you've got a hypertrophy or a performance goal, I'm much more inclined to say, like, I need you guys have doing four to five days max and having kind of planned and implemented uh, rest days. Emma? I completely agree, but just to like sort of play the other side of it, this, like, it's interesting because I would say exactly the same about hypertrophy. I'd be like, no, like if hypertrophy is your goal, like four to five days a week is more than enough. But realistically, you can like one of the benefits to eating more calories is that you can recover from more. So you might find yeah. that actually with fat loss, like can really the question isn't like what's better, it's what you can recover from. Like if you can recover yeah. from six days of training, great, you can do six days of training. If you're not really recovering, then you're spinning your wheels. Like we've spoken about this quite a lot this week that, you know, I used to train like, I don't know, like 12, 14 sessions a week. And I would say like Ooh. half of them were a complete waste of time. Like I wasn't getting any adaptation from them because I couldn't recover from them. Yeah. And and even if you think like I I was, because obviously like I'd done a sports science degree and knew all of this. But I was like, well, I don't think my performance is suffering. 
and you can easily think that like my performance wasn't suffering like it was still pretty damn good actually but would it have been miles better yes (laughs) so I was like basically staying the same and I was like well I'm not getting any worse so clearly I'm recovering no because the whole point is that you should be getting better so do bear that in mind even if you're someone who's like oh I train a lot but I actually think I recover from this it's very hard to say if you are because you don't know what you would be like how you would recover if you actually let yourself like give yourself some rest yeah this is I this is so interesting so when I get like when I get really 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 lean I know like gym sessions are hell and I know that my recovery is getting fucked when I get like to my happy levels of lean which is a different thing entirely I'm exactly like that too I'm like no I think I'm fine I'm totally fine and then I take like a few solid days off and maybe increase calories I don't know because it's Christmas or I'm on holiday or whatever and then I go back into the gym and I'm like oh (laughs) no (laughs) it's uh you and when you are at that kind of like happy happy level of lean you will likely be like oh no I'm fine but I guarantee you if you take it like even just two consecutive rest days and come back up to maintenance you're basically like a refeed as well go back in and tell us that you don't perform 10 times better and enjoy it more because you would I agree and I also think so for me I don't really feel like I noticed it much during a session just because like I love exercise and I was hyped up and whatever but it was like the fatigue outside of that so no just be like mindful of that as well because you might be like oh no I feel fine when I'm training yeah but like how do you feel outside of that like are you fatigued doing like normal day-to-day stuff or like you need a nap during the day like yeah yeah. can I ask you a question Emma yes so if I'm still working and it hits like because I basically start working at like 7 a.m. If I'm still working at like 5 or 6 p.m., I start to get like very fuzzy and very brain foggy. And I know I've got a really short window of time before I have to close the laptop or I'm just going to be like staring at the screen. Does that happen to you as well? Or is that just me? Oh, yeah, 100%. That's why I always do like my important stuff in the morning. Like I always, yeah, anything that I need to do that ha- like needs brain power, I'll do in the morning. And then I might like schedule stuff later on. Like for example, because it's January, I've been doing like my accounts in the evening because it's like monotonous, boring crap. Like if there's something like that, which doesn't take brain power, but I will always put like, if I need to write something or like reply to clients and stuff, like I'm much better in the morning. So I know that I'll like write workouts in the morning and reply to emails in the morning. And then like throughout the day, I'm like, okay, well, that can be pushed towards the end of the day. It doesn't require brain power. It just requires like uploading a podcast, for example. Yeah. yeah. That's what I do. I do that with workouts. Too. I have to work out early or it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, me too. Same. Much more morning person. But I think that's really important for anyone. Like, And you'll find people that are like, oh, no, I'm much better in the evening. Okay. Well, then yeah. do your monotonous stuff in the morning and make sure that you're like utilizing your best self whenever that is during the day for your most important work yeah agreed okay next question i've injured my left my left hand lower back sacral region and a bit concerned as i have bulging discs oh sorry left hand side of her body i thought she'd injured her left hand right so she injured her lower back she had bulging just two years ago on the same side I've tried to adapt the workouts, i.e. banded, but even these are providing difficult with any movement being painful. 
I am on hypertrophy, but I now think I'm just going to have to stop any workouts this week. Even walking now is uncomfortable. Regarding calories, shall I drop down until I can resume exercise? Um, if still is bad next week, I will try and see a physio. It's very frustrating. Babe, I feel your pain. And I do think with backs that like part of living with a bad back is managing flare-ups. I don't, like, can you comment your current calories? I probably won't drop them. I don't think no. you would have burnt that many extra calories in the workout. If you're still getting your steps in, then I don't think we need to drop calories. Like, this realistically will, like, likely happen to me on and off as well. And I'm in a hypertrophy phase as well. And I know that it's, like, it's more a mental thing than anything. Like, I'm obviously not building muscle because I'm not training. I'm just going to drop my calories again. But it really doesn't help progress. If, you want, if you're serious about building some muscle, like, you need to make sure you are still, at the very least, at maintenance but erring on the side of a surplus, even if you can't train for a week. Like, that doesn't make any difference. You still need to be doing that. And if anything, more so, because you don't want to lose any of the muscle you've tried to build. And if you're not able to stimulate that muscle by exercising, then you're much more likely, if you drop your calories, to lose lean tissue as well. Exactly. Yeah, the first thing I would say is, obviously, Emma will be able to comment on this far better than I. But, you know... If it's a really bad flare-up, maybe even just see a physio sooner rather than later because they might be able to really help you manage that um, or, you know, kind of notice any any kind of problems occurring or kind of more problems occurring. So I would say do it sooner rather than later. And, and the second thing I would say is exactly what Emma said. Any of you who have, like, real physique goals, and, and by that I mean body composition goals, and you're in lockdown right now and finding it hard to really um, to really train and fatigue in your lifts, the worst thing you can do is drop calories. It's the worst idea. Um, look, if you, if, you, if you have been gunning for a fat loss phase and it coincides with lockdown, that's fantastic. But if you weren't already planning it to be now, now is the time to make sure that you're keeping your protein up, that you're keeping your calories up and that you're holding onto your lean tissue. Um, and like I say, you know, you don't need to kind of get fat as fuck because you're trying to safeguard your muscle. But carrying an extra couple pounds is a, likely a very good idea. Um, so, yeah, just take that into account. Agreed. Uh, I've also just tagged Samantha to see if she's got any like top yeah. tips just to. She'll probably say what most people say, which is like, keep keep moving. Don't do anything that's painful, but don't sit around too long and just the standard stuff. Okay, next question. Just a general observation based on the last two months, my weight loss seems to be fantastic for a whole three weeks of my 28-day cycle. Then days 16 to 23 and the rest of the month, I lose and gain about the same pound. I'm wondering if both period and the run-up to ovulation cause, cause water retention, or maybe it's emotional slash psychological and I eat more than other weeks. Thank you. P.S. Really enjoying the relaxed positive approach you guys promote for fat loss oh that's nice um yeah so you're um, like that's completely normal and actually when most people and i i kind of always hesitate to say this because it's not always the same for everyone but when most people put on the most weight is the week before their period and then they drop that water weight during their period yeah. so that's totally yeah. normal for that to happen and you're completely right like great insight that actually you might be eating a little bit more like that can be part of the the reason but you will definitely be retaining water and there's a that's just a great example of the fact that 
you you are still losing body fat it's just masked on the scale yeah yeah nothing to add okay trying to log my shakeology shake into the my fitness pal app but it's not recommend okay actually i think someone's answered that already um this is probably a really oh no wait i've answered that (laughs) i was basically asking where the live was i was like it's in the group um i have weighed myself every morning this week and even though i am on 17,000 uh yeah 1700 to 1800 calories i've gone up two pounds is this normal i'm hitting my steps and protein and walk and water alongside exercise recommendations is this common this came up a couple of times in the group so maybe it's good to cover yeah i'm having this with another one of my clients at the moment um okay so look um it maybe it would be good if you guys just tell us kind of like your your height and weight as well when you ask these questions just so we have quite a clear picture of exactly where you are as well as what you're doing um but listen if you are in a deficit which at 1700 calories hitting steps hitting workouts and uh hopefully having used either our advice or the calorie calculator you will absolutely be in a deficit, okay? If you see the scales go up, there are more immediate factors that might play a role in that, as in food volume over the last 24 hours, um, specifically fiber intake over the last 24 hours, carbohydrate intake over the last 24 hours, water intake, salt intake. Then you take into account inflammation from training, stress, uh, emotional stress from pretty much you know <laughs> life right now, um, and menstrual cycle you are going to have weeks where you are seeing higher numbers on the scales and you'll have weeks where you're seeing lower numbers on the scales. What Emma and I want, as we keep saying, is over time, and again, like two, three weeks really would count as a block of time, are we seeing this slowly start to edge down? That is what we want, refat loss. Um, Emma? I don't think I have anything to add. I think that was an excellent explanation. I think also just like for some reassurance it's totally normal at the start of a diet for some people to put on weight just because of the food volume also I think it's quite common if especially if you're someone who hasn't been eating a lot of fiber and maybe we've increased your protein as well that you actually get a little bit bunged up and then but obviously you weigh a little bit more but that will just all normalize as your gut gets used to like different foods that you're eating and yeah, I wouldn't stress about it, but I completely understand that it's like a little bit of a freak out when you're trying to lose body fat and then weight goes up slightly. But that's totally normal at the start of a diet. Uh, oh, question on... Can I just on... say like something... Go ahead. Something that will really help those of you with a real physique goal who are really overly focusing on the scales. And again, as we said, like that's not what you should be doing at all if you've got a real body composition goal here is instead of constantly hyper-focusing and worrying about the scales, why don't you think, am I living my life like a badass bodybuilder? Am I eating the right foods at the right times? We're talking, as we always say, you know, your protein, bearing in mind carbs and fats and micros, you know, fruit and veg, hydration. Am I training my fucking ass off in the gym? Am I making sure that I'm fatiguing the muscle in the sets and reps range that my coaches are giving me? Am I working hard? And then get on with your day. Like this constant focus on the scales is taking focus away from what's really going to get you good results. So maybe just flip that. Yeah, well, that's why we give people non-negotiables, right? Because if we see, if there's like ticks all week of, yeah, I've hit my steps. Yeah, I've got my protein in. 
Yes, I've stuck to my calories. Yes, I've got my workouts in. That is a successful week, no matter what the scale says. And that's what we want you to focus on. And then from there, we can make adaptations. And we always come back to this, like people get so fixated on the exact number of calories that they need or something like that. And like, this is maybe a bold statement, but actually I'm going to stand by it. The number of calories you eat isn't the benefit of tracking calories. Like tracking calories, the benefit there is the accountability and the consistency. That's what you get from tracking calories. Not necessarily what number you're hitting, which is why we don't get to, like, I mean, most people are either on 1800 or 1600 to start with. It's not particularly individual because it doesn't need to be. That's not the individual part. The individual part is after you've been consistent, how do we monitor and adapt that? What changes do we need to make? And I mean, I've worked with people before who are quite clearly like not accurately tracking on say like 1200 calories. Like they're quite clearly eating more like 1600 calories, right? The number doesn't matter. It's like, are you being consistent? It's the consistency that matters. And once you're being consistent, then you've got a point from which to change. And that's how we coach you. But the start numbers just like it just needs to be sensible yeah agreed okay last question how important is getting enough fiber in and if so is there a certain amount we should be hitting um okay so we emma and i don't need you guys getting pedantic about tracking what's it called on my fitness pal like other nutrient goals whatever it is things that this will fall under this will be things like sugar fiber, different types of fats, et cetera, et cetera. We don't care as long as you're, again, hitting the non-negotiables. So if you are getting fruit or veg with every single one or most of your meals every single day, we are more than happy. Don't don't worry about tracking fiber. Don't get bogged down in it. And that's all, that's all we really care about. Emma? Yeah, I agree. I think it's recommended that you get like, and this is such a blanket recommendation, but I think it's 30 grams a day. But yeah, as Chloe's saying, like, if you if you just eat your fruit and veg with each meal, get a couple of whole grains in there, like, you'll easily hit that. It's not something you need to overly worry about. Yeah. Um, okay, actually, we have one last question, but I'm just going to read it out because we answered it at the start of the podcast, which is uh, very handy, or the live, whatever we want to call it. Um, I wanted to know if it's possible to reverse slash reduce uh, resting, oh, re- reverse the reduced resting metabolic rate in a person who has been dieting for a long time and if so how we literally just answered that question at the start so go back to the start and i thought it was very comprehensive myself it was quite comprehensive if i do say so myself okay so do we have any more questions on the live no we've answered all the questions now this was a little bonus live because we wanted to get through everything next week we'll obviously be answering them from the self-assessments and on Friday or tomorrow we have a guest who's going to come on and talk about sober January dry January I was thinking of sober October dry January I don't you know people are going to be really excited by this guest because this is this person people message me all the time like can you get this person on the podcast can you get them on the podcast and I'm always like I always get asked to get people on the podcast when I've booked everyone in but it's great that she that they are coming on here. I don't want to give it away. Wait, have we not already <laughs> said? Oh, is this a secret? Is this a secret? I don't think we've said it. I haven't said it. Okay, we'll just keep it a secret then. 
Okay, we'll just keep it secret. Oh wait, we've got one. <laughs> just make sure. We've got one cheeky last question from Sophie. Would you recommend doing the same lower body and upper body workouts twice a week? You wrote them, so I'll let you answer. Sorry, ask the question again. Um, so would you recommend doing the same lower body and upper body workouts twice a week? Yeah, I do. In the details tab, I say uh, do this twice a week for effective hypertrophy, never two days in a row. Um, so yeah, that's why there's only three workouts for home weighted upper body, lower body core, because you could do them all twice a week max and you'd be done, you'd be sorted or you could just do like, you know, core, core is a bit different, but yeah. Anyway. Yes, I do. (laughs) In a word. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Right. We will see everyone tomorrow with our very special secret guest. No, I haven't written any questions, but I don't think I really need to, do I? Well, do you know what? I, I was going to ask you this after, but I kind of want to like interview both of you because there's some things I want to ask both of you from a di- like. We'll obviously talk about dry January, but there's like other things. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Okay. We're still live. Yeah, we're still live. Okay, bye guys. <laughs>